Yo. different intro song. That super early. We're not on episode 15, guys. We just released latest episode 12. 13. 13. <laughs> Still can't do the math there. Yeah, we have 13 now. Little early, but it's topical. We got a lot of things going on, and this is 25 stories that made MLS bonus ode. I'm Etal Ramen. And I'm Tootle Ramen. Yeah, the reason why we're releasing something now-ish is because at time of recording, we are just a week out from USA versus Costa Rica in California. The return of the kids. The kids. Um, yeah, we want to talk. So bonus odes always are update on the podcast mm-hmm. um, and then topical things. So unlike other episodes, you know, where... You can listen to them today. You can listen to it a year from now. They would still make sense. This one is going to be mostly about things that are happening right now. Right now. And so uh, if you stumble upon this a year from now in the year 2021, assuming the world is still here. And all that good stuff. You probably should skip this episode. Skip it. (laughs) Uh, Or come back and be like, you guys made some good points. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That could could be good. Yeah. Cool. I wish, you know, I wish we had uh, this podcast or any podcast re- regarding soccer back into the year 2009. You know why? Why? Because we were in a hotel room in Pretoria, South Africa. Yeah. And we were on the way back to the States. Yes. Confederations Cup and we were dejected. But I said, there's still hope. And you're like, what are you talking about? Wait, wait, wait. And I wrote on a napkin. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before you finish the story. Okay. Why were we dejected? For the people who don't know what happened in 2009, what tournament are you talking about? I think everybody knows. (laughs) knows. All right, all right. So Confederations Cup 2009 before the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Doodle and I went to South Africa, took a trip. It was amazing. We followed the team around. It was super amazing. Um the team itself was like looking really good before before the before, tournament yeah. yeah looking really good some of our favorite players involved and uh the two games we saw were USA Italy oh tough and USA Brazil tougher tougher stuff tougher. tougher at least we saw some goals <laughs> on our end at least we saw some goals uh, that we scored uh, um, yeah yeah arguably should have been you know some red cards that were handed down in that Italy game yeah. For some fouls on both Donovan, Outdoor, a bunch of more people. But anyway, those are the two games that we saw. Usually when you're in a group and you suffer two losses, you're done. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote on a napkin, hold up, stupid, but if for no reason Brazil beats up on Italy because they've already qualified into the next round, 3 nothing. Like literally, like they don't have to do this. They would just do it. Yeah. It's like, why giggles. would they do that? Yeah. And and then we beat Egypt 3 nothing is the only mathematical way we can get through. Yeah. And you're like, dumb. I left that napkin in the hotel room. Yeah. If we did a podcast, that would be permanently like in... The- in It's like legend status. <laughs> yeah. It's like I predicted it. <laughs> I didn't really predict it. I said it's like this is, this is the way it would have to go down. But anyway, we're talking USA because we got that friendly coming up. The camp is in, in the, we're in the middle of the camp right now. We're in the middle of the transfer window. So uh, let's do some updates on our podcast and how we're doing and what people are saying. And then let's move on from there. 
That sounds good. All right, cool. so I have some exciting news, man. All right. As of this morning, we hit 10,000 downloads. That's significant. That's, that's a big, dope. That's a good number. That's, that's a, a very g- good number. It's a very round number. And our uh, number one uh, episode, like most downloaded episode, obviously is going to be episode one, 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just hit 1,000. So thank you for everyone for listening and also um, for telling other people who are equally interested to go listen to it. Um, which is exciting. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, the other key news here is that Columbus, Ohio, no longer sits in the top of the city rankings of Aww. the people who listen. Damn. I mean, it was always going to be tough. I think it's not not the, you know, it was always going to be tough for them. Who's, to who's on top now? Atlanta, Georgia. Of course they are. <laughs> I mean. We live, I mean, I live here. I mean, I also live here. Yeah. We live here. Um, and we have friends here. So maybe that's a big portion of it that are listening to our yeah. own podcast. Um, but they are, they're comfortably in the lead now. And the, rounding up the top ten would be Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Manhattan, New York. And fourth. And then fifth is? L.A. Okay. Chicago. Seattle. Philadelphia. Minneapolis. And then Shaw, Washington. So Shaw is a, uh, I think, right outside of D.C., Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then in terms of countries, 41 countries, still solid. Um, I think in the last one, we asked if anyone was listening from outside of the U.S. to, sh- to holler at us. And so Noah from um, on Twitter said he's an expat out here beefing out the Netherlands stats. Love the work y'all are doing. A plus American soccer nerdery. Hope you keep something going past the 25 mark. Cool. Thanks, yeah, Noah. we're thinking about it. We're yeah. definitely thinking about it. Thanks, Noah. Um, I will say the one thing I'm, I'm very curious about is that, so obviously USA is number one on the list. Yeah. Um, the UK is number two, and Canada is number three, even though Canada has three MLS teams, which means they have three fan bases in Canada. And we just dropped an episode about Toronto. So, one, if you are in Canada and listening to this, shout out. Shout out to us and, and Twitter. And then two, can you please tell some Canadians to listen to this as well? I don't know if that's fair, man. Why? I think we need to first inspect why the UK is like eavesdropping first before <laughs> we can say, before we can ask about Canada being in third. Uh, all right. Let me put it this way. Um, <laughs> the city of Columbus, Ohio mm-hmm. has four times... Four times more downloads than the entire nation of Canada. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, if you're in Canada listening, thanks. Look, when we get to the tail end of the stories, we're going to get to Alfonso Davies and talk about him more. True, 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 true. I just want to make sure we're not missing out in some stories that they want us to tell. And And to your point, we're probably just about to start those anyway. Um, Maybe if we bash Muhammad Ali a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that reference is, listen to uh, Northward Bound to Toronto episode. Um, cool. Do you want to see listen to some uh, reviews? Yeah, let's do some reviews. Cool. Um, Batubat on Apple Podcasts left a five star. Cool. Says, very good podcast about the little known facts of the beginning of MLS. I would strongly recommend listening thanks for a great podcast thanks man 
And then um, five stars from Go Lions Go says, just down the street from Little Five in Kirkwood. Shout out to Kirkwood. Whoa, okay. Keep up the great work, co-hosts. More JJ. Hey, man. Uh, if you're available next week, well, you know, the, that would be Saturday, February 1st. Second? First? Or first. Second, second is, would be a Sunday because I know the Super Bowl takes All right, place. So February 1st. So February 1st, Saturday. Um, maybe you'll catch us at Brew House Cafe yeah. on Moreland. Drop by Brew House. A little five. Drop us a message. That's where we uh, kind of watch all the games. Yeah. Um, anyone in Atlanta listening, drop by Brew House for the game and we'll be there. Cool. Cool. And then some uh, things on Twitter. <laughs> Contrario, the quid pro bro says, man, love your podcast. Try to rate it, but couldn't figure out on Stitcher. I'll keep trying. Well done. <laughs> I don't think you can rate on Stitcher. Um, really? I don't think so. But like, listen, just tweet about us and or tell a friend we're happy. But thank you for the for the message. Um, let's see what else we have here. Nate Beckman says, I appreciate all the work you guys are putting into bringing us these pods about MLS history. Great for those just getting into the league or longtime fans. And of course, Columbus is the reigning champions um, for listening. At the time, they were. At the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. Um, Matt TW says, slowly the 25 stories podcast is turning me into an MLS fan. That's rare. That's super rare, and that's really cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's so cool. The amount of MLS and U.S. soccer history I'm learning is really opening my eyes to the league I've ignored for the years. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Matt, that's awesome. Welcome. Welcome to MLS fanhood. Columbus Crew History says, I love your podcast. I hope you find a way to continue after the 25 stories are done. The beginnings of MLS history are almost lost because... No one thought to make it accessible to the public. I love hearing about the early days. Keep up the good work. Um, MJ Lee says, I've enjoyed every episode so far, so no single favorite. I asked people if they had a favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one on Bruce Arena surprised me the most. Changed my opinion and made me respect him. All your episodes are detailed and well-researched. Yeah, I I think Bruce Arena, understandably, with recency bias... Yeah. I think uh, gets a bad rap. And we'll get into that later, I think. Yeah. I feel like in this bonus episode. But when you do go through his history, it's pretty... He's successful. I mean, it's remarkable, to be yeah. honest. It's, like, pretty great. And he's probably, like, taking a couple jobs from all of us. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Gorham says, if you enjoy MLS, you would you will enjoy the storytelling in this podcast. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Great. Um... And then recently, I'm trying to find it right now. There's another one on Bruce Arena, comment-wise, right? Yeah. Where uh, he actually did win a U.S. Open Cup. Yes, yeah, someone... Uh, let me see if I can find it. Someone did correct me online. Because I said Bruce won five titles in his time with DC United. And someone was like, hey... like Six. He's right? got six. Yeah, Sean Fredtown Stomper. Yeah, there it is. Um, says... I think you missed one trophy for Arena, though. He also won an Open Cup with DC United, bringing his total to six trophies. Um, and you know what, Sean? You're right. And that was in 96? Yeah. Cool. Um, there was a comment from Adam Khan. says, I was trying to hold off until all these were out, but I can't. 25 stories is so much fun. Just got through the Bruce Arena episode, still thinking about the Panorama games. 
<laughs> I can't believe you let me say Panorama so many no, times. No, but that's why we keep stuff like that. So yeah. people can just refer to funny moments. Yeah. That's what it was for me. It wasn't. I mean, I got pretty embarrassed about it, but cool. So many end of episode sources to read. I'm glad someone's reading the sources. That's awesome. Uh, and just a great, great pod. Thanks, Adam. That's awesome. Um, Matthew Pluck wrote, as a guy that loves MLS podcasts, how did I not know this existed? Binging all of them starting now. Let us know what you think, Matthew. He also wrote back saying he just finished episode four, mm-hmm. Bradenton. That's Bradenton. Um, really enjoy the show. He was surprised he's never heard Alexi Lalas, Grant Wall, or Extra Time mention it on their podcast. I wish Extra Time wrote back saying, Whoa, really? Yeah, we sure ought to. Maybe we'll have Toodle come through and tell a good story soon. Extra Time, holler, man. Like, I'm always free. That's We're dope. free. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be happy to share stories on, on Extra Time. That'd be dream come true. Or any podcast. If you have a podcast and you're listening to this, we want to be on your podcast. Right. And then we'll have Alexi Laws make an announcement about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,. Anyway, man, uh, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, so whenever you send us any messages, we'll shout you out on bonus odes. Um, and it makes us feel good. I, yeah. That comment about someone getting into MLS because of the podcast is pretty amazing. That's almost ridiculous. It's almost ridiculous. Almost ridiculous. But I guess that's why we're doing it. Yeah. All right. So that ends kind of the pod status update. Cool. So uh, it's January, guys. There's a lot... A lot of movement in the league. Some big ones. Biggest one, if you go to MLSsoccer.com right now, everyone's talking about Chicharito, of course. I want to start. Let's start with Gressel. Yeah. What do you think? Let's start with Gressel. What do you think about Julian Gressel? I think the the fan base is just really not happy with the front office. (laughs) That's just, that's what I get out of of all of it. I think, yeah, it's a huge understatement. Understatement of the year. I really like Gressel as a player. I yeah. really do. Listen, he's... Um, if you live in Atlanta, I think he lived in Midtown. If you live in Atlanta, there's a good chance you just see Julian Gressel on the streets. Or you used to. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just like of the people. Yeah. Um, really well-liked, obviously. And a great player. I, I wrote... Because um, th- there were some articles like, is he great? Because it's like, you know, he's leading... Uh, he's always like leading... Um, the assist chart, right? Right. And so, like, the question is, um, if he doesn't, if he's not sending crosses to Joseph Martinez, is he going to get all these assists? And so I wrote, I wrote a stat basically um, from American Soccer Analysis that uses expected assists, right? Oh, Which like, is like, like expected goals. Yeah, and for a wing back, he's by far the top. Yeah, by far the top. Like he. Like, the next person is so far behind him. Who is the next person? Do you know? Um, it's either Mir. It's probably Miram, who was also in Atlanta. Who was also on Atlanta yeah, at the time. At the time, yeah. So, he's great. He's great, especially if you play him as wing back. Because mm-hmm. he has, you know, a great motor. He can go both ways, play good defense, and he's a threat moving forward. I think he's less spectacular if you put him as a right wing. Because I think... He, he's not he's a much more like a Paul Areola type mm-hmm. you put him in right wing mm-hmm. uh, which is ironic because now they're on the same team and it's kind of like the same spot so are they going to be in competition with each other no I would imagine they're, one is in right back one is in right wing and they probably are switching like constantly throughout the game if I had mm-hmm. to guess 
Um, but that wing, that side of the field bin is going to be all, they both have great motors. So it's like they'll, they'll have high level of coverage. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about the actual trade itself? Yeah. So yeah. Gressel was traded for $750,000 TAM. Yeah. And then another 350000 in incentives if they hit a certain amount of incentives. So up to $1.1 million. Uh, I... I was pretty shocked, if I'm going to be honest, because I think he's an elite player. Chance remarked values him at five million bucks, right? And uh, it's his last. It was his last year on the contract, and uh, he's 26. So you probably weren't going to get five million if you sold him to Europe, mm-hmm. but I think you could probably easily get two or three million. And so if they sold him to Europe for two or three million, what they would get is seven hundred fifty thousand. Gam, yeah, plus the remaining in cash after uh, MLS gets gets their cut, and so seven hundred fifty thousand Gam is worth a lot more than seven hundred fifty thousand Tam. It's probably yeah. worth one point two or one point three million. So they would have gotten more value if they sold him abroad, which leads me to think that the reason why they didn't sell him abroad is because Gressel wanted to stay in the states. I think so. Right? He got recently married, has a kid, right? Yeah. I I think he recently said he has a green card, you know, got a green card last year. Yeah. I think he says he wants to be, uh, get a citizenship, maybe play for the U.S. one day, right? He would be 30-ish, right? Yeah. He's 26 now. He got his green card last year. That's a five-year process. So, Uh yeah. 30. Um. Yeah, listen, I think he should do what he wants to do. He's getting paid a lot more now. I think he was getting one. Let's also talk about what Atlanta would have to do to keep him. Just pay him $700,000 a year. That was it. That's kind of ridiculous. I. It is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, Dallas just re signed Paxton Pomacall. I think they're paying him $700,000 a year. Yeah. And and good for them. Pomacal is a great player, great talent. Hopefully, and he's young. He's super yeah. young. I think he um, he's probably if he's his trajectory continues to keep going. It's tough to say with young players, but if he go, keeps going the way that we think he is, he's probably going to be an eight or nine million dollar transfer fee player. So great, great idea, great, um, great value. I think for signing him, and it shows Dallas's commitment to their talent and keeping them. But it says like, listen, a $700,000 is a TAM player. And if you have a top five player in the league in that position, which Gressel is easily Mm -hmm. at wingback, easily, um, you're getting your fair value. And so instead, I think they got Brooke Lennon. They had to trade allocation money for Brooke Lennon. Um, They re-signed Heinemann. They paid a transfer fee for that. And so I think they just didn't value him. It, Which is they, insane. I, unless it's the system. And we'll see. Let's see if Brooke Lennon all of a sudden is like a star in that system. And maybe they know something we don't. Maybe it's like the old Denver Broncos team where it doesn't matter who the running back is. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're always going to get 1,500 yards. Um, and that's, that's why you don't need to re-sign running backs. But... Um, at face value, it is kind of silly. Seven hundred thousand is not a crazy demand. So they have Brooksland filling in the gap for Gressel. They're probably going to play Hyman in, in like the middle, a, in the middle, right? Like yes. a central mid. Yeah. 
so no Gressel anymore. Justin Miram is, is done with Atlanta, right? Breck Shea, I think, is out. He didn't really play that much. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Who am I forgetting? Yeah, I mean... The, the, the identity of the team is kind of changing a little bit, it seems. Gressel's out. LGP's out. Yeah, there it is. LGP, big one. Nagby's out. And Nagby is back in uh, Ohio, which yeah. is good for him. I love good for, that. I mean, yeah. good for good for all the players. But uh, yeah, I just don't think Nagby is very replaceable. Uh, I guess their bet is on Hyman to like take that. I Nagby don't see role. that. But the same way, I don't see Brooks Lennon really taking over for Gressel's. Stats, yeah, I think I think clear down, downgrades. And I, I think the crazy thing about this too is just like, are they are we even going to try for CCL? I don't know. It just it just feels like it's going to be a mess. Yeah, I mean CCL wise, I think our my hopes are with uh, Seattle and LA. They yeah. have the most level of continuity, mm-hmm. um, which is the most important thing for MLS clubs. Yeah, Atlanta is middle of the road. They shouldn't be because their talent level is really high, but they're middle of the road because they're replacing three really big pieces with players that we don't know. At, at face value, two are downgrades, and one might be the same. Um, and then, uh, I think NYCFC has a new coach. So that's probably, if history tells us anything, they're probably going to have a tough route. And, uh, Montreal has a new coach and also no talent. So, yeah, still haven't really heard anything about signings with yeah. Montreal, right? Yeah. They have a talent deficiency for sure. Yeah. Um, um although don't doubt Piatti. I'd say that. Yeah. Nacho Piatti. Um, but yeah, so Gressel, I think, was curious. Um, I, if I was Atlanta and you don't value him as, at seven hundred thousand, which I would question, I would I would resign him at seven hundred thousand. Um, but if you don't value him at that number, I would have looked to sold sell him abroad. Right. But but you if, probably didn't want to go abroad. And if you didn't want to go abroad, you have to respect the player's wishes. And in that case, getting what they say, I think, is even with the the incentives are supposed to be rather easy to get. So. A million in in allocation money is not terrible, um, but I I don't know. Yeah, feels like a loss. Feels like a loss. Feels like a huge loss. Cool. Um, Chicharito. Next up, Chicha Chicharito. What are your thoughts? Feels inflated. If I'm being honest. Okay. Feels inflated in terms of the response on what he's going to do in the league. I understand what he does for the league. I understand that the the market of, uh, you know, the Mexican fan base, like a Vela, Chicharito, El Trafico, very cool. Awesome. Must watch TV. Must watch TV. Yeah. As far as, like, output, I would guess Chicharito scores... 15. Whoa! Really? 15. No, I, he's going to get 20. 20? Yeah, as long as he stays healthy. He's going to get 20 plus. So the thing is, he's considerably younger than Zlatan when Zlatan came into the league. Yeah. Um, 31 is not that old. No. I don't know why there's so many comments about him being like really washed up and way too old. Uh, no, 31's fine. 31's totally fine. Yeah. Velo was how old when he came? I don't know, but he's younger than than Chicharito. He's a little bit younger, right? Yeah. But um, 
I don't know. I just feel like the galaxy needed more than just one kind of like star signing. I think this is the hottest take you've had. Um, Chicharito off the field home run signing. Yeah. Like no, no doubt. Um, here's what I think you'll see him on the field. Uh, he has, his form has declined. He's not the number one for Mexico anymore. That's Jimenez who plays for Wolves. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, but when he's on the field, he scores goals. That's the thing. He still scores a goal basically. Still one of the best poachers. Yeah. And, um, and what are you going to get with him? One, he's super well liked, right? So that's not always true for megastars he yeah, um, quintessential opposite yeah of a Zlatan quintessential opposite of Zlatan in that part and here's the other thing is the opposite of uh, Zlatan is that Chicharito still has his legs Zlatan did not move he doesn't he, Zlatan doesn't play defense none so like his work rate was he just stayed up field so that but got, his output was crazy yeah I mean because he's a savant he's like yeah. one of the best talents ever right and so but so the LA Galaxy defense was terrible Last yeah, year. and so and I think rightfully so. A lot of things were made uh, making fun of the back line, mm-hmm. but the Galaxy defended with ten guys. I'm sorry, nine field players basically because Zlatan didn't play any defense. Chicharito will, right? Yeah, he's going to be a good teammate. So he might not score as many goals, but I I would venture to say one, the LA Galaxy defense is already better with him, and then two, the team will be better with him. I think the team is better off. Yeah, and so but I the think the thing is like. You know, we're, I'm talking about articles about Chicharito, golden golden boot race, and all this, and I think that's inflated. I don't think, I think there will be m- at least three, four top scorer players above him next year. I wouldn't bet against him being top three. You wouldn't? Nope. I think I think he's a uh, he's really good. He's very, 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 very good. I'm not saying he's not good. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm not ready to, to hop on the hype. Okay. Yeah. I'm just not ready to hop on the hype. Yeah. I think he has a good year. You think he has a, yeah. You're saying he's going to get 15. 15 is what? Underperforming you'd say for sure. Yes. If he gets 15, he's he's under. What about 20? 20 is great. 20 is, 20 is a good season. 20, 20. About 15, somewhere between 15 and 20. What if I said 17? Um... I would put his over under on nineteen. Over under nineteen. Yeah, I'm gonna bet under nineteen. Over nineteen. You're on. All right. This is why we do the cast podcast. Yeah. This is the napkin. Yeah. This is the this is the proverbial napkin in Pretoria, but now it's in little five points. Over under nineteen goals for the season. I am going to say under nineteen. Over nineteen, All especially right. if he stays healthy. It's in the books. Um. And uh, so, I don't know if you saw this, but Andrew Wiebe um, put Chicharito as the second biggest signing in MLS history after Beckham. I did see that. Um, How do you feel about that? I I don't think he's number two. He's, pro- he's pretty close. He might be number two. But the thing about that list is um, there was no ado on that list. Biggest, My biggest beef was Javinko was 10. No, so the list was about big as in like, American fans. You're talking about like people paying attention to the league because of this? Yes. yes, Then yeah, of course he's going to be like a number two. Zlatan's going to be up there too. Yeah, I think he has Zlatan number three. Nobody really knew who Javinko was. Yeah, not in the American soccer 
American sports fan. But the things, the thing I always like to point to is like Jovinko came here on in his prime. Yes, you know? and like I whatever. But the list, right? So you ha- you have Chicharito number two, David Beckham number one. He had Zlatan number three. Whatever. That's all three huge signings. He did not have a duo on the list. That's my point. A duo is easily top three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you listen back to our episode on Freddie Adu. Easily. Um, world. World star. The stat on Adu that I like to tell people is um, the away attendance, the away, away attendance for DC United the year that Adu signed was up 54%. Yeah, that's nuts. Beckham, also, my point? Yeah. My point? You want Freddie Adu passes? The mom test. The mom test. <laughs> Freddie Adu passed the mom test. She sure does, does not. Does not. Does not. It has nothing to do with the quality of player. It's just whether or not her mom knows the person. Yeah, 100%. As a name. 100%. Cool. Should we uh, move on to the final topic yeah so the final topic today guys which is kind of our main thing it's kind of a weird interesting one i basically asked my brother a couple questions and then we saw if we can do some comparisons and stuff in the spirit of you know february is going to be a great month because we're going to see ccl we're going to see the usa back in action so i figured let's do a state of the union MLSers and in, in, in as part of the Nats, where they are today versus, I don't even know how to see. I don't even know how to put the premise out there. Do it's kind of it's kind of like okay. All right, here's I'll, here's the game. Here's the game. Go ahead. All right, it's a very simple premise. You asked me, can this? How would this January camp team? Yes, which is mostly MLS players. Specifically, very young MLS players. Um, fair against the 2017 USA team that lost to Trinidad. But you put another you put another stipulation on top of that, which is that 2017 team that lost to Trinidad. If they were playing right now, today, playing right now today, two point five to three years after the fact. Yes. So, very interesting question. Um, let me remind you and the um, listeners. The team that was on the field that lost to Trinidad. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that sigh is like real. Yeah. Uh, in goalkeeper, Tim Howard. At the time, Colorado Rapids. Now retired. Now retired. Jorge Villafania, left back. Um, I think he was in Mexico at the time. Now he's with Portland. Matt Beasler, Kansas City for Kansas life. City. For life. Uh, Omar Gonzalez was... At the time in Liga Mekis, but now in Toronto. Yep. DeAndre Yedlin, right back. Newcastle. Michael Bradley, center defensive mid. Toronto. Two midfielders uh, that are shovelers are Nagby and Areola. Nagby, Atlanta. Areola. Areola is DC. Yep. And now Nagby is obviously in Columbus. Uh, Pulisic is an attacking... At the time, Dortmund. Right. Yeah, and now Chelsea. But yeah, in, in this uh, formation, he's playing a free attacking role. And then two strikers up top, Josie Altador. Toronto. And then Bobby Wood. Hamburg. Hamburg now. Okay. Hamburg now, okay. Yeah, and so that's the team. Uh, and so the not so the idea is, like, if that team played today, 
Meaning Howard would have to come out of retirement. Howard's coming out of retirement. He's coming out of, I think he's a general manager at uh, at Memphis, the USL team. Okay. He's got to come out of retirement and play. Um, Villafania, I think, is in worse form. Uh, Beasler's and Omar Gonzalez, that's a very slow center back pairing right now. Um, Yedlin is probably same level, I would say. He's doing, I feel like he's doing better with Newcastle. Well, worse with the But US. not necessarily translating it to the international game. Yep. Michael Bradley uh, lost a lot of mobility. A lot of his mobility, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that center right there, Beasler, Gonzalez, Bradley, speed's going to kill that thing. All right. Nagby's still very good. Mm-hmm. Areola is still pretty Areola. I've, yeah, I think he's good. Pulisic is better. Signi- not significant. I was considerably better. Yeah. Altador. I would say about the same. About the same. Bobby Wood, significantly worse. Just hasn't played soccer, really. All right. Do we mention any substitutes? The substitutes are Clint Dempsey. Retired. Yes. Which I, good luck getting him to come back on the soccer pitch. He'll to play spit some dope rhymes <laughs> on the sidelines. He's probably fishing right now or yeah. hunting. Uh, Kellen Acosta. Significantly worse now. What happened to Acosta, man? He's uh he's in Colorado. I hope he can turn around. He's still pretty young. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely not. I mean, there was a certain point where he was the heir apparent in the midfield, and then Benny Failhaber, who um, is still looking for a team, and he's like pretty close to retirement. Those are the subs that came on. Yeah. Okay, and then the full twenty-three. Okay, Jeff Cameron. Mm-hmm. Beasley, retired. Retired. Guzan pretty old but uh, goalkeeper and he's still playing still active Romando retired mm. Dax McCarty decent decent good yeah. Tim Ream still doing his thing Graham Zuzzi still playing but I think significantly slower these days uh, Budoya I'd say about the same about yeah. the same and then Wondolowski okay that's a I mean it's crazy this is like two and a half years ago and I would say this team now the only players on this squad that I think could still play on the national team... I would say Yedlin. Yedlin, Altador... Obviously Pulisic. Pulisic, Altador, Nagby. Reem's been playing. is probably capable, but hasn't been called up. Maybe Guzan is a third goalkeeper. Guzan. It's pretty nuts when yeah. you really think about it. All right. Cool. So, um, where are the strengths and weaknesses? Strengths, Pulisic is going to be great on the attacking side. Weaknesses, very, very, very slow in the middle. Um, and the goalkeeper is coming out of retirement, so I think you could probably test him from a distance. Um, and uh, Bobby Wood, I don't think, is going to add that much in this game. So, this is a beatable team, for sure. Yeah, with the stipulation, if they're playing now... Uh, yes. Back in 2017, that's a very... It's a very senior squad. Yeah. Very, very senior squad. All right. Let's see what the lineup is for this MLS squad. Give me one second. And mind you, you have to mention the fact that there are a lot of names left off this list. Yes. Right? Because they're either... They don't need to be seen... Right. Altador. You don't need to. You don't need Altador to be part of a camp to know what he's capable of or what he's what he contributes. Uh, there are players that are not going to be cleared by their clubs. 
Atlanta, or, yeah, they're preparing for either CCL or for whatever reason. Yep. Um, you have injuries. Yeah. You know, you have Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson's not injured anymore, but he uh, wasn't released for CCL. Oh, right, 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 right. And goes on. And I think Roldan and Morris were sent back to Seattle. Pomacal. is injured. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is not the full MLS team, but let's go through this list. Sean Johnson. Okay. Keeper. That's um, your number one? No, my my number one would be Matt Turner. I think Matt Turner is the best. Matt the, Turner. But okay. I don't think he's going to get the call. No Bill Hamid shouts? Uh, they're all... Johnson and Hamid are basically the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, Hamid makes more mistakes. Johnson's a little bit more... Uh, but Hamid also makes spectacular saves. I know. I'd prefer they're Johnson. They're both super tall. Yeah, I prefer Johnson in the back, I think, just for safety purposes. Um... But if I had my druthers, I'd pick Turner. Okay. Okay. And then for right back, you have Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon. His backup is Julian uh, Araujo. Okay. Uh, center back, I think that if you were to play to win, you'd play Long and Zimmerman. Aaron Long. I like Aaron Long. Uh, Walker Zimmerman. Left back is uh, either one is going to be new, which is Chase Gasper from... Um, Minnesota or uh, Sam Vines, who's a pretty young player out of Colorado. That's probably your weak spot. Mm-hmm. Um, center mid, Jackson Ewell um, and Brandon Cervania, I would say. I don't know anything about Cervania. Cervania played in the U20 World Cup. Um, good work rate. Uh, pretty, again, pretty young. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, he's has... Really good defensive qualities. I think his next step is to make more incisive passes. Um, but I think high, high ceiling on that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Yule, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Lejet. Yeah, Lejet, we know. Um, his backup, I think, would be Aronson. Uh, the other player here is Christian Kappas, who I don't haven't really seen that much, so can't really tell you too much about him. Um, but I know he came from the same youth team as uh, Chris Richards, who's in Bayern Munich now. Uh, and then your wingers are going to be Paul Ariola, Jonathan Lewis, and Uli Yanez. And your two strikers are Jossie Zardes and uh, Jesus Ferreira. Yeah, I don't really know much about Ferreira. I like who Ferreira. Who was the other one you said? Uli Yanez. Who is that? <laughs> Uli Yanez is... It's uh he's coming from LA Galaxy's academy. He played for Los Dos or their USL team. Okay, but, USL. But like he um did not sign a professional contract. So when he turned eighteen, again, if you've listened to the Freddie Adu episode, you know that mm-hmm. if you don't have citizenship in Europe, you have to wait till you're eighteen to sign a pro contract over there. When he turned eighteen, he signed for Wolfsburg okay. in Germany, and uh, he hasn't broken into the first team yet. But he's been destroying the U19s. Like he's been scoring. Two goals. So we're, we're including him technically as part of like MLS. Well, I'm just saying this yeah. is this is the camp. This is the people right. that are in the camp, regardless of MLS or not. I think he is the only one. Who's He's the not. only one who's not. Yeah. Right? But has roots with Los Dos. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, so what what's the commentary here? What do you think look, these two teams face off against each other? Uh, this this team is super inexperienced, but they have legs. That's the thing, man. With the with the stipulation of the 2017 World Cup team that failed to qualify having to play today, yeah, 
it just becomes a story of young versus old. Do you, but what do you think the result would be? Um, let's see. I would say, yeah, I would say if you put it up top of Jesus Ferreira, Uli Yanez, and Jonathan Lewis, all all these guys are Olympic eligible, so they're all younger than 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running at Matt Beasler and Omar Gonzalez today. Yeah. They're blown by him. I think they're blown by him. Yeah. And and especially if Lechet, he's all action. Is uh Sebastian Lechet is is the attacking midfielder supporting them. I think they're blown yeah, by. Yeah, Lechet's good. Yeah. Lechet's like on that list, Lechet's like a a player I would like to see a lot more of. I like from from your 11 that you listed out. Yeah. Here are the players that I like. I really like Aaron Long. Aaron Long cleans uh, up a lot. I like Reggie Cannon. And Great. I like, you know, Sebastian Legette. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, like, the quality, quality. Players. Yeah. 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 Like, those are players I want to see as part of, like, a, a 23, assuming we qualify for the next World Cup. Yeah. You know? I, I think the weakness on this team is going to be um, the left back. So if I'm managing... It's always our weakness. Yeah, if I'm managing the uh, the old guys, or <laughs> I'm telling Pulisic, which is funny, he's on the old team, um, I'm telling Pulisic to run in the left back all day and then Altador to, to crash in the middle. And so I think this would be a high-scoring game. I think it would be pretty close. Um, but I am eternally hopeful for the future, so I would say uh, four, three young guys. What do you got? In that game? Yeah. I would say, because here's the thing, uh, still got Pulisic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Altidore is still good, in yes. my opinion. Nagby's still good. It's really the, the bad, it's like watching LA Galaxy. It's like <laughs> a terrible back line and like questionable center defensive mid. Like, yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be high scoring. Yeah. And I would say maybe I would say like a three three draw. All right. Yeah. I would say like a three three draw. But I feel like you put the stipulation of this team has to come out of retirement play now <laughs> so that there's like even a question. Like yeah. It's I'm... more interesting, sure. But like I think the reason I brought it up in the first place is just like despite our Results that are really painful to look back on and, and talk about. I was still excited for this team. The 2017 team? Yeah. Okay. I was still excited for this team. I was excited for Pulisic to be in a World Cup. Yeah. I was excited for Josie to potentially be healthy for a World Cup. Yeah. I wanted, like, one last hurrah for Howard and, like... See like how Yedlin developed and, and, and Darlington Nagby is another one for me because uh years ago, before he was I think eligible, my buggin? No. Like before before he debuted with the team, I, yep. you know, it was you, me, and our cousin. Yeah. Uh Maruf. Yeah. Who's like, Oh, who do you think is like the next like really important US player? And I, and I said Darlington Nagby. Like that hurt a lot too, not to see Nagby be able to 
It, I don't know, man. So it's just do, is the is the point of this just to talk about how much that game sucked? The point of that is I'm more excited for that team that everybody says is a failing, failing, failing team as a garbage team than what we have now. Okay, so all right, if you want to do that, then Let's we have flip. to we have to talk about what is the full potential national team, not that just the MLS team. Yeah, of course, uh, right? But like, there are MLSers on that squad, right? On this squad, yeah, in the 2017 squad, yeah, yeah. There is um, Altador, Bradley, Nagby, Ariola, Tim Howard, Tim Howard, Beasler, Dempsey, at the time, yeah, Dempsey at the time, right? Kellen Acosta, and Benny Felhaber. I guess, like, a question I, I should ask is, for our next World Cup squad in the qualifying cycle, how many of those players can we expect to be from MLS? I don't think you have that many in our starting best 11 now that's an MLS. Um, let's see. Number one, keeper Zach Steffen, no longer an MLS. Right. Uh, starting left back, Serginho Dest. Yeah, that's No longer an MLS. Yeah. Um, starting center backs, uh, you've won. It's long. I would say long, yeah. And then Brooks, not an MLS. Right. Starting right back, I think is probably going to be Yedlin or. I think, I mean, actually, right now, I think it's Cannon. MLS. MLS. Um, I'm trying to think if, I, if I'm missing anyone. Nope, I think it's Cannon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the starting center defensive midfielder is going to be Tyler Adams, finally back on the field. Oh, Tyler Adams. Uh, not in MLS anymore. Uh, he's going to be partnered, I think, with Weston McKinney, not mm-hmm. in MLS. Or I'm very, very high on Paxton Pomacall. I yeah. think Pomacall could could push him out. Um, but I think right now you'd go... Uh, with McKinney. With McKinney. Um. Starting attacking midfielder right now is probably Letjet, but I think a lot of people are holding uh, hope for Richie Ledesma um, to break through that. So another MLS player. But I think if it was happening today, if we had another must-win game, it would be Letjet. Um, wing is going to be Pulisic and uh, Wea. Tim Wea, yeah. And then strikers, I think Josie Altidore. So another MLS. So... Right now, this second, Altidore, Cannon, Lechet, Long, four, mm-hmm. and the starting eleven. I think most U.S. soccer fans are hoping um, Sargent can push out Altidore and um, Servania. I'm uh, not Servania. Richie Ledesma can push out Lechet, and um, I'm missing a prospect in right back. Because I think Cannon's very good, but I don't think for the future, most U.S. soccer fans are not thinking that he's going to be your permanent number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris Richards, who's in Bayern right now, to push out Aaron Long. So I think in general, the hope is, I think, more European players. Which, right. So I guess that's my question for yeah. you is, like, do you, would you want to see more of a European-based or a broad-based? I don't care where they play. I mean, I just want the best players. Yeah. But they just happen to... The best players, if they're pushing themselves, are going to play in Europe. So, mm-hmm. uh, even Aaron Long, I think there's rumors of him going to Europe. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. To be honest, 
Um, but to answer your question, I am more stoked about the possibility of the future than I am about um, the 2017 team. Yeah. I mean, it stung, but that was a very, I mean, we, we went through it. Like, that wasn't very veteran, older side team. There was very few young players on that yeah, squad. Yeah, Polisic was like, like the only one. The only one. And now our squad is filled with people who are under 23. Right. And so I think there's a generational talent. Because we didn't really look at Tyler Adams yet. We didn't really look at McKinney yet. We didn't really... Yeah. Sargent and Weah didn't even get caps yet. Yeah, there's a, there was a lost generation in there. But this new generation coming in, I, I saw... I really believe they're going to be our strongest talented class ever. So of MLSers right now who are also U.S. men's national team players, mm-hmm. prospects, yep. starters, whatever... Um, I'm going to guess that Paxton's your guy. Paxton's my guy. I mean, every time you watch him play, he's all action. Um, He makes a difference. He's so strong defensively, which is crazy because he was such a talented prospect for his offensive abilities. Like, he was, like, they talked about him like they talked about Andrew Carlton, Mm -hmm. who hasn't, who still hasn't been able to break through yet. But, um... And now you see him, and I'm like, he can play the six, I think. He can be a center defenseman. He's that good on defense and making plays, you know, and reading the game. He's also has high-level mobility, so you can... They've been putting him on the wing, Mm -hmm. and he can unlock passes, so you can play him at eight or ten. And so, to me, I think his highest potential is at the eight. Um... And I can see him being better than Weston McKinney, which is crazy because Weston McKinney is a $20 million player already. Right. Um, but that's how high I am, I am on Pax and Pomical. Yeah. Um, I like Cannon. I think Cannon's very uh, good. Yeah, I was going to say Cannon for me. I think Cannon's very good, but I think um, he still, I think, needs to be more dangerous in the attack mm-hmm. in order for him to be, like, a really special, special player. I think Long is very good. Um, I think historically he, he ranks pretty well with other center backs that we've had but I think he also has a um, a ceiling that he's going to hit pretty soon as well because I mean his athletic ability is top notch um, you would hope like he works on reading the game a little bit better and his distribution as well but I mean he plays on the Red Bulls where distribution is not really a thing so right um, but so he's very good on corner kicks yeah yeah uh, but like honestly this it's a uh, the talent that's coming up man it's like these are players like Tyler Adams joined the academy for the Red Bulls when he was like 12. Mm-hmm. Pomical, same. You know, like, and so the players... Yeah, are, if, if Tyler Adams was still on, on the Red Bulls, yeah. meaning New York, yeah. he would be my guy. Yeah. He'd easily be my guy. 100%. And all the players that I just named, almost all of them have MLS roots. roots. Right. So I think that's, I think that's the positive takeaway for me is like, a lot of the players we've named in the picture overall have MLS roots. Yeah. That you probably didn't see to that degree a decade ago, two decades ago. Yeah. So Stefan is Philadelphia Academy, Columbus crew playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Des doesn't, uh, Des, Des doesn't have any MLS ties. Uh, Long is obviously Red Bulls. Uh, Brooks has no MLS ties. Uh Cannon is FC Dallas, mm-hmm. homegrown, uh, through and through. Uh, Adams, Red Bull. Yep. Um, McKenney's FC Dallas Academy. Um, Lechet 
is plays in LA Galaxy. But if it's uh, Richie Ledesma, that's he's a RSL Academy player. Yeah. Um, Pulisic, uh, I don't think has any MLS no. Academy ties. Um, Altador obviously plays for Toronto FC, and then uh, Tim Weah's New York Red Bulls Academy. Yeah. So I mean, really strong. Like if if that's the question, which is is MLS's role in the U.S. soccer team as important? I would say more important than ever. It's just not in the national team, full team level. Right. But it, but it means a lot for the development and where those players started their careers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, most players that are trying to break through now, one, they're breaking through at a higher level. They're higher level of talent. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're higher level of talent is because they were in a professional setting at 12 and 13 years old. Which right. is, yeah. if you listen to, um, was it episode three or four? Four for Bradenton. Four for Bradenton. Um or episode, yeah, episode four for Bradenton. You know, it went from one academy in the entire U.S. Um, and it was only 16 and 17-year-olds to... The DA. To the DA. And now, like, MLS academies, most teams start at U12 or U13. And uh, the top players start at that level. And, and now, because of that, they're way better. And so, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of hope and optimism to be had in the talent level think we'll see um in terms of the coaching and who gets played and stuff like that um but yeah man i'm, I'm way more stoked for the 2020 and the potential of that team than i am uh about the 2017 team although i am again versus most u.s soccer fans i don't i'm not nearly as down on them i think um altador and bradley get the short end of the stick a lot and those both those players for me are top 10 u.s players of all time yeah 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 absolutely so, uh, last thing, any uh, predictions for USA Costa Rica coming up soon? Zero zero. Zero zero. I mean, US Serbia was zero zero last year. So yeah, zero uh, zero. Or that was two years ago, I think. Um, no, uh, let's go two one USA. I'll say one nothing. USA? Yeah, one no. <coughs> let's start off with a win, you know. Why not? That's how. That's how I want to start. Most importantly, let's play the kids. Let's play the kids. Let's play the kids. We got two years. <laughs> Guys, less than two years. Figure uh, it out. Olympic qualifying is right around the corner. Um, and then the... There's uh, a new cup. Yeah. Huh? Isn't there a new cup that we're a part of? Which one? My bugging. Um, CONCACAF Nations League. Yeah, so you have the Nation League um, uh, semifinals and finals coming up. Um Olympic qualifying, and then World Cup qualifying starts this year as well. So big, big year. I think that's what I'm feeling. I think, like, all the anxiety <laughs> that, that I, that's, like, underlying right now, yeah. I feel somewhere in my body is the fact that, like, now is the time. Like, big things need to happen or are going to happen. Big things need to happen this year. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a really, really big year. It's I important. think if, if we make the turn, it has to be now. It yeah. really does. It has to be by March. If we miss another Olympics, this is we have really squandered a great opportunity because again, most of our best players are under twenty three. They won't be in the qualifying because uh, they're mostly in Europe. So if we can't qualify, Twelman's going to lose his head. I mean, I'm going to lose my head. Yeah. We have to qualify, and then, um, and then, yeah, and then, then the games get really real very quickly. Super quick. Yeah. Last last go around, you know, all it took was two two losses and it put us in such a big hole. 
um, that we didn't get out of. So um, it gets very real this quickly and uh, big year. But let's start with uh, let's start with a win. Let's start with playing the kids and let's start with some optimism. Absolutely. And as always, if you could list off your sources, I have no sources. <laughs> this is a bonus sode. But I will say, um, please uh, rate and review us if you enjoy these podcasts, and then tell some friends on Twitter. Uh, that always help. Uh, we'll always retweet you um, and shout you out on these bonus sodes. And if uh, always follow us at, at 25 underscore stories. Yep. And if you are in Atlanta or whether that's ITP or OTP, come to Brewhouse Cafe. It's a nice bar in Little Five Points on Moreland. It's where we catch our uh, USA games. We'll probably be there. Yep. We'll be the two brown brothers there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. Bye.